0: Welcome, this is Michael Volkoff, and this is episode 122 of Corruption, Crime, and Compliance. Our episode today is 2020 Ethics and Compliance Predictions and Trends. Hello, everyone. Thanks for joining me today on Corruption, Crime, and Compliance. Before we get started, two points. First, please subscribe to our podcast and give the podcast a five-star rating. Second, today's episode is sponsored by Hero Van Dyke.
1: Today's podcast episode of Corruption Crime and Compliance is sponsored by Bureau Van Dyke, a Moody's analytics company. With information on more than 360 million companies, Bureau Van Dyke is the resource for company data, and they make it simple to compare companies internationally. Their flagship product, Orbis, is used to find, analyze, and compare companies worldwide for better decision-making and increase efficiency. Bureau Van Dyke recently announced its new Compliance Catalyst, which is a data-driven decision engine and risk management platform. Powered by Orbis, New Compliance Catalyst is a game-changer because nothing else combines data, technology, and people power into a single platform. Compliance Catalyst can streamline your KYC, AML, and anti-corruption research and make your client onboarding and customer due diligence process more reliable and efficient. Compliance Catalyst offers several unique advantages, including an integrated platform that combines your data, entity data from Bureau Van Dyke, and flexible due diligence screening, automated and enhanced, instant risk preview, and screening against watch lists and adverse media in seconds, customized dashboard, risk profiles and thresholds, screening and monitoring settings. As part of the Compliance Catalyst platform, several effective modules are provided, including AI-powered adverse media searches and reviews, shareholder power analyses, entity verification and resolution, and integrated enhanced due diligence services. If interested in a demo of the new Compliance Catalyst platform, please contact Bureau Van Dyke at Americas at VDinfo.com or call 1-212-797-3550.
0: Well, 2019 was a big year uh, for ethics and compliance. In fact, uh, you can easily argue that since the adoption of the compliance provisions and framework in the U.S. uh, sentencing guidelines in 1991, compliance had its biggest year in 2019. Now, why do I say that? The federal government uh, issued here three important documents in 2019 Uh, relating to compliance guidance. The Justice Department issued the evaluation of corporate compliance programs from the Criminal Division and from the Antitrust Division, respectively. Uh, The Department of Treasury's Office of Foreign Assets uh, Control issued its sanctions compliance guidance. And uh, these documents in substance and in form are sort of important indicators Uh, of the government's focus and their support of corporate ethics and compliance programs, and also sort of where they expect people to be going in the direction that they're heading uh, in terms of ethics and compliance. Um, In the face of these important uh, actions, companies would be foolish in my mind to ignore uh, the clear and significant message and incentives that uh, have been created by the government, If you invest in ethics and compliance programs and you suffer a compliance issue, the government is going to credit your efforts and try to minimize the damage. I think that's true as long as you can demonstrate a good faith effort to implement a robust ethics and compliance program. There are enough incentives there for companies to justify spending time and resources on design and implementation of effective compliance Uh, solutions. So DOJ and OFAC have made the message clear, invest in compliance and we're going to recognize your efforts. you know, and of course, there are limits to this credit, and the government is not going to turn a blind eye, blind eye to systemic violations like the Ericsson case, MTS Telesystems. Uh, in the sanctions area, we had the Unicredit and uh, Standard Charters uh, cases. Companies that suffer from, you know, real culture of corruption and violation of law in systemic ways are continue. you know, they're going to continue to be hammered. But the message from DOJ is more that those companies that operate on the margins, where they devote time and attention to ethics and compliance, but let's say, suffer a country-specific or product-specific problem, uh, much less than a systemic problem across the organization. uh, That's where these uh, guidelines and incentives are going to be real and significant. So knowing that that's sort of our government guidance and incentives in mind, let's look at some other uh, important trends uh, that I see in the ethics and compliance uh, industry. First is uh, more and more talk, uh, more and more commitment, more and more recognition of the importance of an ethical culture. Uh, the DOJ's guidance, for example, fully embraced, I think for the first time, the importance of a culture and the need for companies to monitor, measure their respective cultures. It took a few years to bring DOJ along, uh, but now they fully embrace the importance of an ethical culture. And frankly, it's about time. They should have been doing this uh, years ago, but at least they're there. And this is an important development because the industry, I think, was well ahead of DOJ on this issue, and now DOJ is trying to catch up and sort of push the issue. So chief compliance officers are responsible for monitoring and promoting a company's culture. Uh, They're the natural uh, caretakers of the culture. They're the natural sort of uh, leaders of the culture uh, in terms of uh, the mechanics and the embedding, the design, and the promotion, and the uh, improvement of a company's culture. But uh, CCOs have a tough job here. They got to make sure that senior management devotes adequate time and attention to this issue and promote its culture as an effective control against corporate misconduct. Uh, and, and really push the issue and the educational issue of effective ethical culture is an important link to corporate profitability and should always be couched in financial terms, not just in a strategy to reduce the risk of enforcement. Uh, companies with ethical cultures are better performers in the marketplace, and no one can dispute this basic premise. Uh, Another trend, automation and technology. And uh, people are probably tired of hearing me talk about this, but it really has to be uh, embraced. Uh, CCOs have to embrace technology and specifically automated systems. Um, CCOs understand the importance of automated functions. There are several functions that can be easily automated, such as third-party risk management, conflicts of interest, gifts, meals, and entertainment, uh, and hotlines and case management. Uh, And aside from these basic functions, though, CCOs have to devote time to uh, automating or or getting getting a seat at the table in terms of the financial operations, financial issues that intersect with significant compliance issues. So what do I mean by that? Uh, Let's say you have a policy with regard to rebates and how they're going to be approved, marketing fund allowances, uh, discounts, Uh, compliance has to be part of that uh, function and has to have a seat at the table and access to information so we have to consider the financial interactions for example of distributors Uh, companies offer rebates discount programs and these issues have to include that compliance attention Um, data analytics as part of this is really useful to identify anomalies in financial transactions uh, let's say between the company and distributors but ultimately in making sure that uh, that um, any kind of discounts are being passed on to the customer, let's say, or what the role of a third party is, what are the financial transactions involved, and going uh, from there. Uh, Compliance uh, officers also have to continue to show interest in measuring their program performance through data this is a critical innovation because compliance professionals have to step up identify meaningful measurement factors and then hold themselves accountable for performance automated technologies generate large amounts of data and compliance officers have to work carefully to focus on reliable and relevant data there's a risk here that you can become overwhelmed by information uh, and that's the new risk is being overwhelmed by information Along with the increased focus on data and measurement, compliance and professionals are quick, compliance professionals are quickly catching up on the use of data analytics to detect anomalies. Um, and that, to me, is just uh, something that has to keep going uh, in terms of this uh in terms of trends and something that should be looked at some other important trends are uh, the focus on speak up culture companies are focusing on the importance of a speak up culture that means promotion of reporting systems anonymous uh, reporting systems but multiple reporting systems sometimes encouragement of reporting to middle management Uh, using your middle managers as effective spokespeople and receptors of uh, information and employee concerns, Uh, transparent investigation protocols uh, and efficient uh, investigative functions are important, Uh, consistent discipline and publication of disciplinary actions with appropriate privacy protections. Uh, whistleblowers and employee reporting are important, if not critical, sources of information needed to identify and fix problems before they fester. One area, sort of going that merges from the speak up area and as well uh, in the data area, is incident data. Many compliance officers have faced uh, organizational obstacles in securing access to human resource data. Uh, The Justice Department's new compliance guidelines mandate that CCOs have access to incident data across the organization. Uh, Hotline data is important and has to be added with uh, human resource data and reporting of issues. CCOs have to broaden their focus so that they can identify proactively problems uh, that may be occurring through analysis of incident data. Uh, Another trend uh, is monitoring resources and strategies Uh, as part of the reframing of compliance from reactive to proactive, which I'm going to talk about in a little bit. CCOs are starting to focus on how to collect data and monitor the operation of a compliance program. To do this, CCOs have to design and implement specific monitoring protocols Preferably programs that include business representatives. For example, a monitoring program could be designed for high risk third party representatives that's based on a partnership between a compliance officer and the lead business representative responsible for the third party. In that way, you can bring together compliance and business and work together in terms of uh, obviously. uh going through uh and going through here uh what can be an effective partnership and bringing together the business and compliance information so let's talk uh, about another sort of important trend and i've written a lot about this in terms of turning uh, compliance uh, from a reactive model to a proactive model and that's what i see as the future of compliance um, and, uh, you know, we all hear about the accomplishments of compliance professionals, uh, especially over the last 10 years, from a backwater profession uh, now to front and center, uh, responsibility for a variety of corporate functions, and uh, hopefully uh, some independence and authority in the C-suite uh, so that they can get a line of bu- line of sight across the business. Uh, these are important trends and accomplishments that have been um you know, the compliance profession has uh, sort of should, you know, get a big pat on the back for because they've gotten themselves out from under the control of legal officers and created their own sort of uh, sphere of influence. Um, And that's separate from legal and with that important line of sight. Compliance is always at risk of strangulation by deprivation of resources or business interests that feel threatened or try to overcome uh, what might be ethics and compliance standing in the way of a particular business deal. Um, But the greatest threat in my mind continues to be a lack of resources and authority within the organization. But the new challenge as we look, uh, as sort of uh, compliance gets set up into its new model and the new sort of high profile model is uh, that there's a lot of information, that things happen quickly in the economy today. Um, We have large computer processing capabilities and there's an ability to analyze and monitor large amounts of data. And compliance now uh, is gonna have the capability to build uh, build a fresh and robust uh, refocus from a reactive to a proactive program traditionally compliance has been focused on reacting to potential risks or misconduct so what do i mean by that audits were conducted with a historical perspective attempting to identify problems from past behavior and then applying lessons learned to going forward operations and that Perspective is becoming outdated with increased technology and access to information and new monitoring strategies. With automation, companies are able to generate sort of real-time data concerning ongoing activities, uh, and this does not require massive investments, but it requires uh, you know investment in automated technologies which I've uh, discussed before, separate from financial transactions, uh, so that they can sort of monitor how your compliance program and controls whether or not they're uh, being followed. But this is something that really is cutting edge, and I think is going to be an important uh, trend as we go forward. The other, uh, and this is not so much a new trend, but sort of an emphasis on an existing trend, which is uh, compliance really does depend upon building bridges and operationalizing their programs, uh, at a company's program, and this always depends on interpersonal skills. And uh, it may be that uh, this is another profound grasp of the obvious, but often I hear about problems that CCOs face in securing cooperation from related functions such as CFOs, HR, representatives, and procurement officials. And this is just unworkable by definition. Effective compliance requires uh, operationalizing that cooperation across functions. Finance, internal audit, human resources, procurement, and security have to work together, uh, or a compliance program is going to fail by definition. So breaking down those silos is a critical requirement for operationalizing a program. Um, And I'm always amazed at how uh, corporate managers will try to protect their territories, but in the end, uh, the, the company's success is gonna depend upon cooperation and if a CCO needs senior management, to uh step in and make this happen uh, that's eventually what's going to have to happen or else if you avoid the problem then you're going to uh, it's just by definition it's going to fail if you don't get access to all of this types of information so the the creative part I've seen is compliance officers who create incentives for cooperation leverage their information uh, to make uh, you know to share information uh, with other functions and that way sort of bring together more of a team effort like uh, every a win-win type of situation uh, which is important to uh, to find uh, in these in in the in this you know current state and uh, f- you know finally like I've said uh, the new sort of proactive CCO role is one that depends upon, uh getting out there not sitting behind the desk and being a passive cco but it means getting out there and getting out there and making sure that uh, you attempt to influence the organization uh and try to bring together all of the information sources the line of sight that a compliance officer can have a cco can have can be very powerful in terms of bringing together people because ccos are one of the few people that can see across an organization and then start to share information and bring together alliances that can be uh helpful couple pieces of advice along the way Uh, one thing i've learned through the years in compliance change can never be rushed a cco that seeks to implement change quickly without giving adequate time to an organization to adapt and embrace uh, often fails Um, and uh, with technology and data analytics uh, CCOs now have a new responsibility, um, and that is to detect and prevent potential violations on a going-forward basis, of looking at those risk factors that indicate may be an indicate uh, indication of problems uh, down the line. So uh, that's sort of where we are with ethics and compliance. Uh, and uh, this should be another big year, um, and we're going to see fast development uh, in the field, and it's something to keep your eye out well, Thanks again for listening to Corruption, Crime, and Compliance. Please subscribe to the podcast series. The Volkoff Law Group believes that every company should well have a robust ethics compliance we'll and compliance program. Experience and research law show law that ethical companies are better performers in the global marketplace. At ethical companies, employees believe in the company. They feel vested and are more productive. As a result, misconduct rates are much lower and financial performance is higher. We can help you achieve these benefits through an effective ethics and compliance program. You can learn more about our commitment to effective ethics and compliance programs at our website, www.cofflaw.com, our award-winning blog, Corruption, Crime, and Compliance, and our podcast series. You can always contact me at my email email address, mvotoff at let us know how we can help you. so hard to
2: refuse. Can you say that I'm too old when angels have stolen my ring?